I think entrepreneurs think that when they start a business, they have to like turn into some kind of business person that now speaks some kind of professional language, you know, and exactly the opposite is true. The more real you are, the more authentic you are, the more you show who you are and your emotions, the stronger of a connection you make with your customers and your audience. Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Today on Make Your Marketing, we talked to Gil Nevo, founder and brander-in-chief of superbrand.la. Gil's been a creative in TV and advertising for over 15 years. My favorite part about Gil is he animated over 100 episodes of the show South Park. Yeah, we know you know South Park. He's also helped brand powerhouses like Coke, Ben & Jerry's, Vitamin Water communicate their messages around the world. Gil has worked with many different capacities in his career. He's also worked alongside me with our clients at Fingerprint Marketing to help with branding and messaging and strategy. So today we are talking about so many things around branding for small businesses, what the misconceptions are, what does it really mean to brand your business? It's way more than a logo. So you're going to want to check this episode out. So here's my conversation with Gil. I hope you enjoy it. Hey there, Gil. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What about you? Good. So I see some palm trees in the background. Where does this podcast find you? We are podcasting from Costa Rica today, Santa Teresa to be specific. It's uh, in the jungle in the Nicoya Peninsula and it's hot and it's, it's pretty awesome down here. Yeah. So what brings you to Costa Rica? Surf and work. So I'm here to surf because there's a great wave outside uh, here on the beach. And um, yeah, there's, it's, it's one of the most wave-rich countries in the world. The waves here are consistent. Uh, they get waves about 320 days out of 365 days a year. So there's always something to surf. And of course, it's beautiful and got beautiful beaches here. And so, yeah. It's awesome. I'll be right over. <laughs> yeah, come by. Come by. There's what, plenty of so, room. So you're the ultimate creative. This can't this has to be a great place to to work and kind of reconnect with your creative being. Um, many people who are listening probably don't know that you and I have worked together on branding projects for our clients at Fingerprint Marketing. Um, yeah. so I'm gonna talk a little bit about that, but first um I wanna get to what everyone asks when we start working with them on branding is like, I just need a logo. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I explained to them that that's maybe 10% 
of the work that we do with them. Um, the heavy lifting comes with the, the brand messaging, the unique proposition, the taglines, they you know all that good stuff. Can you kind of tell me your approach to this and why it's so important to, to have that different mindset when you're owning a small business? Yeah. So in a nutshell, it's about story, right? So everybody comes into branding mm -hmm. thinking, you know, traditional branding, uh, we want to do a logo, uh, we want to do some colors, typography. A and in the past, that really was branding, because that's where people communicated, they communicated in magazines, they communicated in billboards, and then they communicated in TV. So branding was very simple, you only saw, you only saw brands in certain places. But now with social media, there's such a bigger dynamic to how people experience your business, that it's not just about graphics because the graphics change from platform to platform it's really about the story that you're telling as a company how do people think about you they say branding is what people say behind your back right it's the mm -hmm. impression that that your business has left on people that's really what building a brand is and so today it's not as much about the logo or the colors the typography i mean that's a very small part of the branding it's really about the story you're telling and stories create emotions and emotions create connections and create trust and all sorts of stuff human beings are storytelling machines everything that we do is in story like everything that we we go to the store and something happens and we tell a story about it we engage each other with stories. And so the story structure is something that's really ingrained in us. So we want to know story, right? And so if you frame something in a story structure, people engage more, they listen more, they get excited, and they have something that they can take with them. Because we remember stories, we don't remember lists of facts. But when somebody tells us a story of A to Z, then we remember that story because it creates emotional resonance. Absolutely. But you know what? Telling a good story that's compelling is not easy. And that's why when you work with our clients, you do such a great job of pulling that story out. You know, yeah. they they might have a certain story that they want to tell, but that's not where the connection is happening. Can you talk about maybe one of our clients that we've worked with that they they were struggling with their story and you helped them work on bringing that to fruition? Well, first, let me say that the key to everything that I do is about looking at an entrepreneur's business from the outside in. So most entrepreneurs, they look at their business from the inside out. And so the first thing they think about when they're telling their story is what they do, right? So it's mm. like, this is what I do. These are the details. So there's a you know, a great metaphor for this. Customers aren't looking for a drill when they buy a drill. They want a hole, right? They don't care about the drill per se, how the drill is built. What they really want is a hole in their wall. And if the drill right. is going to make the hole, that's actually what they're buying. So the idea of storytelling is expanding on that and going, okay, look, you don't want a drill, you want a hole. So we're going to talk to you about this hole that we're going to create for you. And we're going to go beyond that. 
what does the whole mean? Well, the whole, it means that you can now build your house and your house means that now your family has a place to live. And then it also means that maybe you'll leave a legacy. Maybe you'll leave this house for your kids. And when you create that picture and then tell them, and that's why this drill is so important for you. Now you've crafted a story. So that's what we do is we start from that from that whole perspective. What's the whole that a customer is trying to create? And then we talk about how our product or service creates that for them. Do you have an example of someone who's doing it really well right now that you've seen, especially during COVID? I do. I have a few examples, but they're they're really from major brands. So I don't know if they'll yeah. apply as much to small entrepreneurs, but I'll, I'll throw one out there. Um, and this is yeah. uh, an example that I think um, we talked about or I, I presented in a webinar that we did was was Marriott, right? And Marriott yeah, Hotels. Right. And I don't know if you remember this example, but it was an amazing thing that Marriott did. Basically, when COVID first started, you know, there was that whole thing about we're all in it together and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so you had some companies trying to, you know, capitalize and save their bottom line. So I was getting emails from Nordstrom telling me how, you know, because we're all in it together, go to Nordstrom and you get 10% off, you know, online sales or whatever. But then I got this other email from Marriott, which said, hey, we're all in it together. And here is what Marriott's doing. And we're providing this percentage of rooms to uh, frontline workers and we're closing up all our hotels in order to do this and this is how we're participating and you know we're we're providing things we're adding value we're you know actually participating in using our resources to help the pandemic and not just trying to give you discounts on hotel rooms because one is very self-serving that so the story that Nordstrom is telling is very self-serving the story that Marriott is telling is that yeah we're in this together we want to make something work. So that's how a company like Marriott, for example, uses storytelling in order to, you know, win loyalty from from its audience. And I sure as hell, like when I saw that email, I was, I was really moved. And there's even mm-hmm. like a, a video that was posted by the Marriott CEO that I really saw that was, actually. was really emotional. And he was... And he teared up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 And it was authentic. The authenticity bit is really important, right? Because we all, I think entrepreneurs think that when they start a business, they have to like turn into some kind of business person that now speaks some kind of professional language, you know, and exactly the opposite is true. The more real you are, the more authentic you are, the more you show who you are and your emotions, the stronger of a connection you make with your customers and your audience. That's great. One word that comes to mind is vulnerability. So I've had this conversation with some clients of ours where how much vulnerability do you want to show without being unprofessional, but, but that creates a connection and emotion with, with your audience. So can you speak to that and kind of, cause we all know that being vulnerable, people can immediately connect to you that way, but yet you want to remain professional, right? Yeah. So vulnerability is not necessarily my specialty because it's really up to you. It's a very personal thing, right? You know, I think some people can get more vulnerable than others. I think with vulnerability, it's, 
it actually goes into psychological territory, which is like really how strong do you feel at your core? And I think for entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. that's really important because there's so much rejection in entrepreneurship. There's so yeah. much, especially when you're building a business for the first time. Every every entrepreneur and business owner had that, you know, the first few years that they were struggling and that they were trying to talk about their business and it wasn't coming out right and people didn't really respond or didn't engage. Everybody has, you know, some kind of story like that. And you have to have kind of a deep strength in your core and an acknowledgement that you're not perfect. You're not some professional machine that spits out professional dialogue and like professional, like perfect sales lines, right? You just have to be human and be honest and authentic and true to where your business is at any given moment and just be honest with that. And I think that is a vulnerability that most people have a hard time with. But the more they practice it, the stronger their communication will be. Because really branding is about communication. That's what we're talking about here. What are some of the misconceptions that small business owners have about branding? Besides the logo, I just need a logo. I think it's the one of the main misconceptions maybe is that that you do it once and it's a set it and forget it kind of thing. And truthfully, brands need to evolve. Uh, working on your brand, everything you do that interacts with customers, even employees, sends a brand message, tells a story. If your employees aren't happy, if your customers aren't getting service, then that's a branding situation, right? That needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a story mm-hmm. that people are taking away from doing business with you. So you always have to be thinking about what your brand represents and then mm-hmm. create that in the real world. If your brand represents customer service, you have to create great customer service. If your brand represents convenience or trust, then you have to be trustworthy you have to make things convenient right you have to create these brand ideologies and say look this is what we're about and then stick to them and create an experience around them well my experience working with you because we just rebranded um we're not quite finished yet but we just rebranded after 14 years and it was a way overdue uh it's always the the shoemakers kids that get the shoes last right yeah But one of the things is I recognize that consumers were different than they were, obviously, 15 years ago when we started the business. They're super smart. Not that they were stupid 15 years ago, but there's just so much more information, right? And they're very overwhelmed and they're being blasted. So based on that, and we're in a very competitive market here in Seattle, um, digital agencies. So we really had to think differently. So I think to your point of constantly evolving the messaging, you have to keep up with who you're talking to, right? Yeah. And what you're laying down. The other thing that you mentioned, you know, brand leads to story. So, you know, it's easy, not easy, but, you know, people come up with these cutesy taglines, right? kind of your unique selling proposition, but then they don't support it with the right messaging on their website or in their marketing materials, which I know is a problem that you solve with, with people. Do you, do you recommend starting with the story? And then from that story, you go, Oh, okay, this is what you do in a short and sweet manner. Yeah, I think it's uh, look, it, it, it needs to be a creative process. The best place to start 
is the story, but sometimes you have to find the story with with what you have as well, right? So if you just create a story and don't think about the different parts of your business that already exist, you know, you can set up a story that doesn't make sense. So it's really important to be looking at both, you know, you have to look at the market and what the market wants to hear. You have to, um, you know, you have to look deep inside and see like, what is it that I want as an entrepreneur? Like, what do I want my personal story to be? in this whole in this whole thing and, and i think that's something that we talked to you about right like when we talked about mm-hmm. fingerprint marketing one of the questions was where does pia fit into the business right like what's pia's mm-hmm. role are you a figurehead that where the business actually relies on your personality and your character are you kind of out is it is the business its own brand those two things tell very different stories if we go on your site and we see Pia up front, then we know that Pia is a figurehead. And so we take your personality and infuse that in the business. But it could we could go another direction. We can say, look, the business has its own personality and tells its own story. And Pia happens to be the founder. Those are two very different experiences that people get. And they lead to different experiences for your customers. If you're on the front of the page and people are buying you, in essence, then they want to talk to you. And so you need to give time. So there are certain things that need to happen in your business as a result of, you know, the story that you want to tell and how you as an entrepreneur want to be a part of your business. Yeah, that was the biggest aha moment working with you on our brand was, you know, I just shared that trust is the biggest asset that we have in our business. And many of our clients always come to me and they're like, well, what would Pia do? Right. So, mm-hmm. so they just kind of have that trust, that level of trust that I will come up with a solution no matter what. So we took that and ran. Whereas before I was the figurehead, I had the team, I still have a team, but it's more about you're the chief imagination officer, you're the experience guide. So that was super helpful. I know a lot of listeners out there are torn between, you know, how do I make that decision? Am I the figurehead? What happens if I want to step out of the business? You know, what happens if I don't want to be the figure, you know, up front and, but people know me that way. You know, I think people, small businesses, especially struggle with that. Yeah. Because they want to scale, but how do they scale if if they're the brand? And that's an important, you know, I think that's an important distinction. And and that's something that you have to make a decision about. And the best way to do that is to explore what those stories all look like. So in the creative mm-hmm. process, we ask those questions, you don't just make a decision, right? We say, well, what would it look like if you were the figurehead? And down the line, what would that mean? It means that your image would be on the front, It means that maybe customers want to actually meet you in a certain way. It means that if you want to sell the business, somehow your image has to be transferred, right? There's all of these things that if you brand it this way, are going to come down the line. On the other hand, if P is not part of it or the entrepreneur is not part of the business, now you're trying to create a personality around the business. It creates a whole other set of challenges. When a person is the figurehead, you get that person's personality and energy in the business. If the person is not the figurehead, now you have to create personality for a business that doesn't even exist. So it's a little more difficult, but it creates, you know, a different user experience. Now, 
if people love the business, then they think about the business. They don't, they, they do think about the people if you're in the service industry, but they still right. see the business as its own entity. And then maybe when you sell, you don't have to worry about a person stepping out. So those are kind of two different sort of, and you have to just look in the future. And that's a part of our process is looking into the future and kind of going, if this is the story we tell, what will happen? And if this is the story we tell, what's going to happen and which one aligns to the best of your knowledge right now, which one aligns with where you want to go. And then you make that decision. And then a year or two down the line, you may have to revisit it. And that's okay, because that's a part of what you do. You can always step back into the business. You can always step out of the business. There's always a way to retell the story. And I think that's the beautiful thing about story is multiple stories fit, you know, the same event. I mean, look at mm -hmm. our legal system, right? It's like mm -hmm. you have <laughs> prosecution and defense and this there's one event and everybody's got a different story. There's an old saying, there's always two sides to a story, your side, my side, and the truth or three sides. Uh, to the story. I love it. Something like that. Anyways. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Gil, you mentioned a couple times about your creative process and I've seen your creative process. It's amazing. One thing that people might not be aware of that is that they need to do some heavy lifting. They need to do some real deep thinking about their business. And it's amazing to see the transformation when you work with them, these aha moments come up, right? Yeah. Can you kind of tell me just a little brief, like how does your creative process work and, and yeah. what's your goal with it? Well, the advantage that I have over say designers or, sort of agencies is that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I've had a bunch of my own businesses. And so when I look at a brand, I don't just think about the aesthetics or, or just the narrative. I think about the customer experience. I think about all those things that we just talked about. Like, what are you as a business owner going to need to create in order to support this brand, in order to support the story, and in order to create this amazing experience for your people? And so that when you ask those questions, when you ask, like, why are you doing this? Why are you even becoming, you know, a business owner? What is your what is your true motivation? Why are you not opting for a job? Why do you love what you do? What is it that you want to help customers with? What are the what, what are your customers holes? Right. Because most entrepreneurs, again, they come in with that, like, well, I do this and this and this. And you go, but, but why? Why do you do that? Why do you love it? What's so important about it and why is it so important for your customers to actually get the service and when you start asking those questions all of these sort of the entrepreneur's personality comes out and usually we tap into like why an entrepreneur actually wants to do this business and why it's important for them and we get into all kinds of you know stories of the past and things that inspired you know them to start the business like we worked with a doctor one of your clients uh, who had a history in her past of having a family doctor who inspired her to to become a doctor. And she was actually named after this family doctor. She got her name from the doctor. And so this story was really important. So we wove that story into the message. Like she remembered that that doctor like made house calls and was so warm and personable. And so we talked about her business as if it it's a, like a warm hug, right? Like her, we wanted her business mm. to feel like a warm hug. And that 
created what the business became. It created the feel of the business. And so now we have this kind of metaphor that comes from a truth that she had in her childhood. And we're building this business around that. And you can imagine if you walked into a doctor's office or worked with a doctor and it felt like a warm hug, you know what that might feel like. You know that you're being cared about. You know that you're being listened to. You know that you're walking away with the best possible treatment. So if you can create a brand around that and, and actually I, I immediately it, went you to, win. Yeah. I immediately went to uh, uh, visually thinking of the doctor in the Virgin Islands that I used to go to every yeah. you know few months. So again, connection, right? You're yep. creating a connection with the imagery. And then we transferred into her website like a warm hug. So mm -hmm. it made it easier for our designers and developers to translate that into the aesthetic. Yeah. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, I don't like the word tagline because it just seems like an afterthought. But I always ask clients, what makes you all that and a bag of fries, right? Like what, what is it? And they all say, oh, well, I've got good customer service. I'm like, yeah, you and 5 million other people, right? So um, is it story? Is there anything else that, that helps people get to that, that three second, like, cause again, we have three seconds to capture people's attention online. So you need something that's short and pithy that identifies who you help immediately. And that's a lot of work. That's, I mean, you think it might be easy, but for small businesses, it's not. Well, first of all, that's why you hire me because I've been doing it for a long time yeah, and exactly. that's my job. <laughs> And you're not going to become an expert at it, though. There are I work with businesses that are really good at it. You don't mm -hmm. need just one tagline. First of all, all you that's need good to know. Yeah. All you need from your tagline is that somebody wants to read the next line. That's all. It doesn't need to represent. I think people think that the tagline needs to represent the entire business. It's not true. All that tagline needs to do is get you down to the next line and the next line and the next line. Each line needs to get you closer and closer to all the information that you need. And if you can, like they say three seconds, but you can't learn about a business in three seconds. You can get an impression. That's where the brand mm -hmm. comes in. That's where the design, that's where the fonts, that's the first sort of entry, right? So you have very nice typography and very nice colors that are appropriate for your business and maybe unique or create some sort of feeling. That's the first thing people get, right? They look and they're like, Ooh, this looks pleasant. This looks nice colors. Let me read the tagline. Then they read the tagline and it's something maybe it doesn't even say anything about the business, but it's, you know, like if I said, I don't think this is the tagline we use a visit to us feels like a warm embrace. Oh, that's it. Mm -hmm. Right. Something like yeah. that. Yep. Suddenly you're Stops like Stops people in their tracks. You're like, oh, this is what what could possibly feel? How could a doctor's office, you know, a doctor's visit feel like a warm embrace? Then you read the next line and you hear, this is what we do. One, two, three, four, five. Now you've got me because I'm interested. You've you've said something that I've never heard before. You've created a metaphor or a vision in my mind, and now I'm ready to to move forward. So it's not about capturing the entire business, but it's just about leading people down those those messaging steps. Yeah, and I love that you you mentioned that you need more than one tagline because think about it, you know, it's almost like writing a that email hook, that title yeah. for your email to get people to open it. It's yeah. it's getting people's attention and of course that is what we're all trying to get. This has been amazing. Obviously, I'm going to need to have you come back and talk further because branding changes and everything, but what is the state of play today? 
in your industry? What are you seeing that either is working really well or that people may not have considered that is coming down the line that you're seeing? Because, I mean, there's big changes with digital, you know, people working. There's 30% more people online than there was two years ago. You know, what makes branding more important today than ever? Like always, and and this has kind of been around for the last 10 years, but it's only amplified now more and more. And that's authenticity. And I know that's a buzzword that's been thrown around, but authenticity is still king. But the thing about authenticity and the reason it's so difficult is people are not trained to be authentic. They're trained to put on a face. They're trained to to speak like they're they're supposed to. So actually becoming an authentic brand takes an entrepreneur to be authentic themselves. And so I think today, more than ever, the entrepreneur needs to do a lot of work on themselves. They need to do personal development. They need to really learn about themselves. The more they're connected to who they truly are, I think the better chance they have to make an impact in the world. So it's almost like, almost not a branding thing. It's almost like a personal thing. Like as a human being, Mm. you know, be better, learn to be more honest with yourself, do the work that it takes to cut through your conditioning and really go deep, do a deep dive in yourself. And once you do, you're in a much better place to build something memorable and something that people really connect with. That's a tall order, especially when everyone is looking at social media, right? And uh, as a small business owner myself, I'm just like, you know, comparing myself with others and all that stuff, right? And and it kind of hijacks my authenticity. So I think for creative purposes, going to Costa Rica for a month would help <laughs> or just getting, you know, getting away from your company to do that kind of personal development is, is works for me. Entrepreneurship is not an easy task. It tests and challenges you in a lot of different ways. And, you know, there's a reason why entrepreneurs lean into self-development. It's because it's necessary, right? Like Mm. imposter syndrome, when you're trying to get a, a business off the ground that has never existed before, and suddenly you have to tell, you have to sell people an idea that maybe they've never heard or a service they've never experienced, that takes that takes something. It takes um, a sort of willpower and that tests you, right? Because you're always told from most people, like some people grow up with entrepreneur parents, but most people grow up with parents that worked a job or parents that, you know, have taught them to play it safe and get a certain kind of degree. And today those things don't apply anymore. So, Mm. you know, everybody who's going into entrepreneurship needs to really work on themselves and, like get their inner fortitude ready and get their skills up and really master their craft. It's not just going to happen. But the beautiful thing about that is once they start doing that, all these stories start to develop, right? They come up, they bubble up. So I always recommend my fellow entrepreneurs to write that, write that shit down, (laughs) write those stories down because you can use that in, in growing your business. So time's up, but thank you, Gil. This has been amazing. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and Superbrand? Uh, Thanks, Pia. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Superbrand.la, www.superbrand.la is where to find me. I have an Instagram account, supposedly. 
I don't really look at it anymore, <laughs> but it's there. It's doing something. Uh, have a LinkedIn. I don't even go on that. It's doing something. Uh, I'm kind of doing things differently. I focus on my craft, and now we have a little team that kind of takes care of that social media stuff that I don't really have time to engage with, but it's all there. It's yep. all happening. Yep. And you can always Great. reach me at Well, thanks Gil. again, Gil. Yeah, you can always reach me at gill at superbrand.la. Great. We'll have that in the show notes too. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bia. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Listening.